All right, ladies and gentlemen, Dan on top, Dan Luke Woods here. We've got an awesome, awesome, awesome guest. Today, Matt Wall, the president and owner slash broker in charge at Sterling Properties Group is here to discuss with us everything you want to know about site selection. Matt, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Dan. Thanks for having me. Hey, totally my pleasure. I appreciate it. It's been fun to get to know you. We know a lot of the same people. You've been really engaged on my posts on LinkedIn. I appreciate that. You know, I remember back, uh, gosh, it's been almost a year ago in my group, the CRE group, commercial real estate and residential real estate group, you actually aired a whole series of site selection. I would say A to Z, but it was really Z to A. Tell us a little bit about that series because I know I benefited from it and I got a lot of feedback about it. I want to hear what motivated it. And uh, if you could just give me a little bit more information about that series sure, that you put sure. together. Yeah, so um, I guess the impetus for that video was just a, a, a kernel or a, a seed in my brain that just germinated for a long time, trying to put out some presence materials that sort of explained one one facet of, of the commercial real estate world that I like to, I really enjoy, which is the site selection. And uh, as that seed just sat there, I thought about how am I going to accomplish putting out some type of video series on this? I wanted it to be uh, limited in span which was the reason for uh, the alphabet. Um, but I really never had all the pieces in place. So as I was trying to formulate the idea and get it to fruition, I would talk to people about the idea. Uh, and many people would say, that sounds like a great idea. And then all of a sudden, I, uh, I guess about a year later, I saw a, a marketing video, which was a drone aerial shot by a uh, video producer here in Charlotte uh, named Kevin Young. And um, I reached out to the broker who was a friend of mine and ended up actually running to him, uh, running into him at church. He was sitting in front of me. I said, I love that video. Uh, tell me how you did that. And um, he said, well, I'll just introduce you to the guy because he's sitting about three rows up right over there in that corner. So I met Kevin that day at church and we had coffee the next the next week. And I told him sort of what I wanted to accomplish and what the series was all about. And he just started finishing my sentences. And at that point, right then and there, I knew that this was going to be the path, the path to go. And uh, it, it just went really well. It was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. And uh, I just wanted to get it out there to sort of a pedestrian audience, what site selection was all about, not get too lengthy or too technical, uh, but at the same time, share some information with anybody that might be able to benefit from it. And uh, yeah, had a good time along. You did a great job, too. I, I, I watched them uh, and I appreciated you adding content on a regular basis in, into my groups, which was awesome. I do think that you packaged it in a way that was really fitting and really digest to a pedestrian audience. So, so thanks for doing that. Um, you know, I want to step it back. I got really excited. I love site selection. Just had Gabe Jonas, one of your colleagues and friends on the show yeah. in the last couple of weeks, but I jumped the gun. Uh, let's get to know you a little bit first before we talk about your work. Do me a favor and just tell everybody out there who Matt Wall is. Well, uh, I'd like to say I'm a, a hardened veteran of the commercial real estate world. I've been doing this about uh, 25 years, 24 years. I started off as a commercial banker and uh, was doing some commercial lending and some commercial real estate lending and decided that I wanted to be on the other side of the table uh, and stop wearing ties and writing memos. So I got into commercial real estate, worked for uh, various different developers, mostly in sort of a retail uh, in the retail world. And uh, in 2007, I decided to go out on my own, which was perfect timing with the economy. 
and my ideas of development sort of spun. Um, all those deals sort of dried up, and I just decided to focus on brokerage full time from there, with a, with a focus uh, a lot of retail uh, type uses, and you know just really gunning the site selection uh, side of things. So that's that's been fun. But I, I consider myself a road warrior. I don't like being in the office that much, and the site selection allows me to uh, get out and about and conquer territories for people. So it's fun. So let's take this perspective a little bit. You know, I'm an investor, let's say, and maybe maybe I've been doing a few deals. Listen, my perspective, Matt, a building is a building, a lease is a lease. Why am I concerned about you? what you do? Why is site selection so important? Well, I think the site selection is the, it's literally the foundation for the success of an investment, be it retail or, or, or other uses. So Absolutely. we kid around uh, with the sort of investment sales guys, our decisions are way, way in the past, but that building probably wouldn't exist if somebody like me on the ground or somebody like Gabe, uh, you know, from his, from behind the curtain, uh, orchestrating all these things, uh, they probably wouldn't be there at all. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff that goes into that, uh, that, investment, the success of that investment. Uh, you know, we've got traffic counts, demographics, and, and a lot of uh, studies that go into just placing that where it is. And hopefully it'll be successful for the user, which is usually my client, and then um, parlays into a good investment, third-party investment for somebody like your clients uh, later on down the road. Exactly. And that's fascinating. I like the way that you said that, because it's almost like, you know, you and I are friends, we interact together. We're, we're both professionals in the commercial real estate business. And as you and I have talked about previously, we have different experience and a different role in this whole real estate game. At the same time, we're both representing clients that we both want to be best suited by our decisions, right? So your site selection is going to impact the, the, the tenant or the corporation. And, and my brokerage deal is going to impact not only the tenant and the corporation, but more importantly, it's going to impact the owner of the building, the landlord. And I just think it's so fascinating to be able to interact with you, you know, have you here on the show uh, as live and in person as we're getting these days and, and really to see things from your perspective. So, you know, on that note, I have a question for you. This is my own personal question. Yeah, I've been posting a lot on LinkedIn about the smaller formats that are appearing throughout a lot of forms of retail, right? Walgreens has their Cooper concept, which is a 2,200 square foot concept. They've got a micro pharmacy that's essentially drive-through only. Uh, KFC just today announced a really cool, innovative contactless, uh, you know, curbside pickup friendly, smaller frontage, smaller footage concept. Taco Bell went down from like 2,400 square feet to 1,350. Burger King has a floating kitchen in a smaller format. All these things for me are fascinating. I think it's going to have a huge impact on development of these deals. It's going to have probably not a huge impact on pricing, but it's going to definitely have a, a big impact on who makes the money and, and, and where the, the, the highest level of, of you know, um, lucrativeness, if you will, is in that asset. From a site selector perspective, what is your what are your thoughts on what's going on with all these smaller and smaller formats? Well, it's interesting, uh, Dan, it, there are so many different life cycles for different businesses, uh, particular businesses, and you see the roll up of, of different chains and different concepts by private equity. They get bundled up and then sold. But it starts off as, you know, one or two units or 10 units, and they come up with a, a, a prototype. And a lot of the prototypes that we're seeing switch are really older prototypes, like the, the freestanding drugstores, which I cut my teeth on that uh, on the West Coast, actually doing site selection for a, a Rite Aid developer. 
Um, you know, those are almost obsolete now, uh, but those yeah, really set the no stage. They make no they sense, right? 12,000 square feet yeah. for, for what? For some holiday cards, for some milk, for some shaving yeah. cream and a pharmacy. Yeah. Yeah. And now, now they realize the pharmacy is really where their, their uh, really real juice is and they can kind of get back to what they were good at. Um, and, and, you know, gas station roll up, you know, you've got your quick strips and your sheets and your Wawa's are, are taken over with these massive, uh, gas station num pump numbers and they're putting out all these smaller corner, you know, six pump operators. And it's just a life cycle. And what's fun for me is being able to see these concepts, you know, most of the prime traffic corridors have been established for a while and, and there aren't usually any new, uh, don't create any new land unless it's rezoned for another development. But seeing these users uses come and go brings opportunities for the folks that I might represent entering a market for the first time. So like a quick service restaurant that might just be starting uh, might build its success off the failure of a prior concept that goes vacant. And then we buy their real estate and turn it into something new. And then that goes up the food chain to you guys and you sell it on the investment sale. And that's just it's just a constant thing. And we're just we're just different parts of the food chain. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Definitely different parts of the food chain, but we're working together in the same food chain. And gosh, you really got my gears turning, Matt. So forget the show. We're not on the air. All right. It's you and I. I have some more questions. I just I need to pick your brain, my friend. Where are we headed? Sure. Like, what's next? What do you see coming along the line for retail commercial real estate? Um, I, I see a lot of the COVID response being in the smaller footprint. Um, and I see the, the quick service restaurants uh, or the established ones are probably taking a breather on new stores to some degree to make sure they're optimizing their existing locations, be that uh, re reorienting their drive-through capabilities or pickup oh, yeah. capability. The restaurant's interesting from a COVID perspective, but there is new opportunity for people in new franchises that have never been in these markets to come in strong. Uh, and there's not a whole lot of competition for sites. Um, I've had a particular concentration in sort of the automotive service sector and car washes. Oh, cool. And th those have uh, those have stood pretty strong through COVID. So that's been good for me yeah. and uh, the food I put on the plate. Um, it's just so dynamic. And, and I, I like the, uh, the evolution of sites and, and, and sub markets and, and seeing people come and go. And uh, it's sad when people leave. But, you know, there's there's always something new coming in to take their place. And, and that's why. That's why those of us in the brokerage with short attention spans enjoy what we do uh, because it's just yeah, exactly. it's never, it's never a dull moment. Right? Never a dull moment. Interesting. So, you know, on that vein, I recently sold a tire kingdom in my in the Miami MSA. I love automotive stores as well, especially during a pandemic and especially during a shutdown of your you know non-essential retailers, if you will. I've noticed some major, major changes in addition to quick service restaurant format size changing in addition to the pharmacy. I don't know if you saw my article I put out yesterday on LinkedIn about Amazon entering the um, the RX space officially. That's gonna you know, shake up an industry that was already you know, way behind its time. Something I'm very curious about is these gyms, right? Because if you remember over the last three, four years, those 24 hour fitnesses, LA Fitness, uh, Planet Fitness, um, Anytime Fitness, all those cheaper, more bargain basement entry level fitness places they were opening up everywhere. I feel like every city I was in that had a Whole Foods that relocated, boom, it was a Planet Fitness. Anytime a huge anchor, grocery anchor went out of business in a large strip, boom, Planet Fitness or the like. Well, obviously, those are definitely not the most 
pandemic-proof tenants, right? Definitely not. Michigan, and I'm in, in Scottsdale right now, but yesterday in Michigan, they reclosed all indoor restaurants for three weeks. Gyms are closed again. They went at least six months with them, them being closed. You know, my question for you is, who's next? Who do you see moving into these pharmacies, moving into these gyms, moving into these 12, 15, 20, 40, 50,000 square foot boxes? You know, this might be something that I've seen more in the secondary tertiary markets, but the, the big boxes, if they're not in a primary market that might go the way of Amazon. Uh, and I think I was listening to your, um, your interview with um, the gentleman from uh, Brookfield, or he had worked at Brookfield. Oh, yeah, Greg Parsons. I love Greg. Yeah, yeah Greg Parsons. Right. That was a great interview. And I think that's an interesting great. concept. Uh, but in some of the secondary and tertiary markets, you know, I see a lot of these things converting to things like government centers because they, you know, a department store can be converted to basically a giant call center format with cubes. And it's oh, at that point in life cycle, it's probably fully depreciated. And uh, it's a matter of uh, changing up the interior without changing the overall infrastructure. And it's a cheap office option for some of these municipalities that can con consolidate, uh, you know, their whole city or county's uh, operations in one place. Uh, and, and really yeah. brings back foot, foot traffic and some other things to that mall uh, that might suffer in those smaller markets. Yeah, that's a definitely a good point. I actually have a, a meeting tomorrow uh, with a, a team here in Scottsdale, based in Scottsdale, that does data center development. I'm going to pick their brain yeah. and kind of your idea off of them. I think that that is definitely an asset class that has um, great potential because it's not at all dependent on the demographics that you and I are talking about, right? Traffic counts, not really important, right? Population density, not really important. So, it, and, and it's, a, it's a, a type of space that's becoming more and more necessary as more and more companies are utilizing more data, as cloud storage has become more prevalent, and as, as us as consumers are utilizing you know, streaming services like NRM Streamcast that's broadcasting our show right now, uh, way more than we were a decade ago. So that's definitely a fascinating piece of uh, food for thought here. So listen, Matt, I've loved having you on the show. I mean, you've been, been a great colleague to interact with uh, online and, and over the phone and just an honor to have you here. So thank you for that. We've got about three and a half, four minutes left. Is there anything specific you wanted to talk about or any questions that you had for me? Um, I, I've enjoyed, you know, the, the whole LinkedIn uh, experience has been great. Uh, over the course of my career, I viewed it more of as a uh, way to promote yourself for uh, job advancement. And I think over the past couple of years, it has parlayed itself into a way to people to sort of showcase what they're really good at and to promote it um, uh, to other audiences. Um, in the retail world, you know, my typical client is a real estate director uh, or a franchisee, and those folks are kind of hard to reach. They get called by every other broker uh, in the region. And uh, reaching out via LinkedIn has been uh, a really good avenue for me because before they accept a uh, connection, they can sort of look and see what you're all about. So they can screen yeah. your call just by looking at your LinkedIn profile and find out whether they want to spend any time talking to you. And, and that's been what I've focused on getting my profile and, and those presence materials is just trying to put really face forward what I what strengths I bring to the table uh, in that format. And it's gotten me in some doors that I don't think otherwise would have been open to a smaller shop operator. Um, 
like me because I, you know, I don't work for one of the national firms, but people automatically can look in there and see that, that I know what I'm doing and uh, could be a good, a good asset for their program. So that's been fun. And I enjoy what you guys are doing recently where you're talking about optimizing your presence and, and, and building your, uh, your, your viewership. And um, I, I'm not a naturally uh, um, extroverted person, um, but in, in, in settings like that, where it's somewhat controlled, I feel like I can, uh, put myself out there and, uh, with credibility and, um, it's been fun. So I appreciate what you're doing, uh, with this podcast or, uh, we don't call it a podcast, I guess, cause it's not all out of you, but I, I, I've enjoyed what you do too. And you make your, your posts fun. And, uh, you know, the last thing I want to do is just read stats all day. Uh, but when somebody can put some, uh, material out there that is is thought provoking and has some humor to it uh i just really enjoy that and that's something that i think you've done a real good job dan yeah thanks man i appreciate it and listen you do a great job too you put yourself out there i wouldn't know you if you didn't interact on my groups a year ago and and you do come off with great professionalism you've got an awesome personality and definitely a whole lot of value to add which i appreciate the viewers here appreciate We've loved having you. This has been incredibly informative. If anybody wants to talk to a great site selector, reach out to Matt. You can find him on LinkedIn, Matt Wall. If you need any additional information, always reach out to me. As always, thank you for watching. We've enjoyed having you. This is Dan on top with Matt Wall, the site selector. Everybody have a wonderful rest of your day. Go out there, get what you need to get, do what you need to do, have fun, help people, have a great time. We'll see you soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Matt.